Entrepreneur on Fire 620. Mix a little inspiration with perspiration and a dash of Entrepreneur on Fire. Now you have the ingredients to success. Here's the master chef, John Lee Dumas. What did the Nikola Tesla Museum and a baby have in common? They've both been crowdfunded on Indiegogo. Visit fire.indiegogo.com and you'll get a 25% discount on fees. That's fire.indiegogo.com. You know those really busy days when smart snacking isn't easy? With the convenience of NatureBox, it's always easy. Visit naturebox.com slash fire to receive 50% off your first box. That's naturebox.com slash fire. Entrepreneurs near and far. John Lee Dumas here, and I am fired up to bring you our featured guest today, Farnoosh Torabi. Farnoosh, are you prepared to ignite? You betcha. Yes. Farnoos is a personal finance expert, author, speaker, and coach. She is a frequent financial contributor to Yahoo, The Today Show, and ABC. She is also a contributing editor at Money Magazine. Her latest book, When She Makes More, 10 Rules for Breadwinning Women, was just released. Farnoos, I've given our listeners just a little overview, so take a minute. Tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of your business. Sure. Thanks for having me, John. Well, as you explained, I work in the personal finance space across a spectrum of platforms from print to the internet to video, television, speaking engagements, um, corporate engagements. I love, love, love what I do. It's been about a five-year journey uh, being an entrepreneur. Before that, I was working for the man, so to speak. <laughs> and, um, you know, transitioned, and we'll talk more about how I made that transition and some of the uh, obstacles I overcame. But truly, it's been a blessed career. And I feel very lucky to have had the instincts to really venture out on my own um, to pursue financial news and financial education from an entrepreneurial perspective. And that's kind of how I see my career is sort of, you know, um, lending a lot of financial advice through a variety of mediums. And that keeps me very busy, very much on my toes. And I love what I do. And personally, I would say just, you know, for people who don't know me at all, I'm, you know, I, I live in Brooklyn, New York, I'm married, I'm expecting my child, first child in just about a few weeks. Yay. So I'm about to, uh, <laughs> about to enter a whole new chapter. Uh, so I'm very excited for that as well. That's exciting stuff. I'm excited for your entire journey. You've been on Far News, the journey that awaits you in the near and long-term future. I love the content you kick out. Actually, right before this interview, I was on your site where you had an article that was linked to the daily work that you wrote about celeb money mistakes. And it's good to know that that quote by Big Papa back in the day, Mo money, mo problems can really <laughs> be true. Yes, and, and Chris Rock, I opened the piece with a, uh, a quote from Chris Rock, whom we all know, and he says, you know, rich is, uh, is, a, is something that you can, you know, you can lose, um, you know, with a, a drug addiction and a bad summer. You know, it's one of those <laughs> things that it, it, you can't take it for granted. Um, you know, there's rich and then there's wealthy. And I think, you know, 
as they say, celebrities, they're just like us. <laughs> they're not <laughs> immune to making financial mistakes, although we like to think we can live vicariously through them. This is um, this was a, not a fun, I mean, it was fun to write, but it was, a, you know, it was ultimately disappointing article because, you know, people going through their financial tragedies, not the best thing to report on. But um, I think, you know, that's where the eyeballs are today. We are all so obsessed with media and celebrities that if I can sort of infiltrate some financial wisdom <laughs> through these, um, you know, glorified articles I, and, and, you know, content, I think that um, that's what you got to do these days to get people's attention. Well, the article was incredibly fun to read. I got a lot out of it. And it's incredibly valuable for everybody to to really absorb that mentality that you shared that, hey, we're all just out here doing our best. We're all just humans making incredible uh, mistakes, literally on a daily basis. And it's just on what stage are you making the mistakes? When you're in a celebrity and you're making a mistake on a $170 million house, then right. like Tony Braxton, then that's going to be a little more publicized than when you make it on a $170,000 house, which happened all over the place here in Southern California during that economic crisis with the housing market. So, Really powerful stuff, really fascinating. I love that you're bringing this to light, Farnoosh, and it's really what we're going to be doing this entire interview, is focusing on your journey and specific stories within that journey that can really impact and have a positive influence on Fire Nation. But before we get there, Farnoosh, you have an amazing quote for us today, so take it away. Well, thanks. The quote is, you don't get what you deserve, you get what you negotiate. I think we've all heard this quote somehow somewhere in our journey to becoming entrepreneurs or even if we're not entrepreneurs yet and we're trying to get from you know uh, to the next level with our careers financially or just in terms of promotion you know I think that I I entered the professional world thinking that my hard efforts would be instantly noticed instantly recognized and I that I would you know I, I would never have to really lay out my terms or be explicit about what I wanted, that it would just be, I would be anticipated and understood. And I think that's a really, um, theoretically that, you know, hopefully, uh, what can work out. But in real life, I think that the reality is you have to be your biggest advocate. You have to be your biggest champion. And that's sometimes hard to do. I think especially, um, sometimes for women, I'll be frank, you know, I think, um, we sort of feel like, you know, that our hard work will, will sometimes just be enough, but you really have to get out there and, and voice what it is that you want. Be assertive. Don't be afraid of rejection uh, and, you know, shoot for the stars. And, 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 and I fortunately had really, really um, amazing role models early on in my career, including my dad, even who always insisted that I ask for more and step up and not be afraid to, um, you know, get outside of my comfort zone and, and reach for the stars. And, and, you know, while that, um, sounds easy to do, it's very hard to do, but I did it and it takes time to get used to it and to feel confident doing that. But the earlier you start, the better you'll get at it. And so that's something that I have, I believe practiced in my journey from a very beginning, from a very early standpoint. So I don't ask I don't assume people will just know what I want. I don't assume that people will recognize my hard work and translate that into giving me more money or giving me more responsibility. I have to be the one that, you know, that, uh, that is my own advocate and not to be shy of it. You don't get what you deserve. You get what you negotiate. Fire Nation, 
really absorb that quote because it's so powerful. And, and what it means to me, Farnoosh, as well, is that you might get more than you deserve or you might get less than you deserve. It's all dependent on that negotiation. And I actually would say that if you get more than you, quote unquote, deserve, then it's then it's on you in a good way because you've negotiated that. So congrats on you. And always do take away that one meeting that Farnoosh went to a couple times. You are your best advocate. And at times, you're your only advocate. So realize that you need to focus on you, the individual. This is your life, your journey. Always move forward with that mentality in mind. And Farnoosh, on that note, I want to just turn the spotlight to your journey now as an entrepreneur. I want to talk about a time in your life when you straight up failed, when you fell flat on your face. I want to hear that story, Farnoosh, because we learn so much from stories. We learn so much from failures. So tell us one, and specifically, the lessons you learned from Mm -hmm. that moment in time. So this was before I actually became an entrepreneur. I was early on in my career working as a news producer in New York City. It was a a great, great job, a great opportunity to work as a financial news producer at a a station here in New York called New York One, which is kind of like um, this cable broadcast, it's kind of like CNN for local New Yorkers. And it was a huge step up for me. I was only 24 years old. The job um, required a lot more experience than I had frankly. <laughs> but you negotiated it, so good but for I you. Negotiated, I went into the meeting with a PowerPoint deck and I sold myself and I, you know, I got the job. Definitely um, a leap of faith on, on the hiring end, but I was so proud to be in that position. But once I arrived, I realized I definitely had a lot to learn and I was working with a very impatient manager, an impatient boss who really expected me to hit the ground running. And I, you know, I, I, to be honest, I, I, there was a lot for me to still learn and I was working my tail off, but it was, it seemed to never be enough. And so the first few months were frankly hellish. I mean, I felt like I was a failure every single day at work. I was not getting positive feedback. I was being told that I wasn't you know, working fast enough, good enough, all of that. And for me, this was really tough because it was the first time in my life where I was getting constant negative feedback. And it was, it was jarring to me because here I was thinking I had this dream job finally and then fe- feeling utterly disappointed, utterly um, like a failure in this job. And so um, it really weighed on me and to the point where I literally, John, I had like a mini panic attack. Mm. Like I thought that I was going to get fired. I thought... I didn't know I didn't know what to do. I felt really stuck. And it was my father who actually I, I had this like mini breakdown, frankly. And I started, you know, panting and breathing uncontrollably and sure. I was crying and, and, and they were like, Where is this coming from? They, my parents had come for like a visit and they saw my you know, they seeing their daughter like fall apart. And I explained to them what was going on and they said my dad said point blank, he said, Okay, well you have two you're at a crossroads, you have two choices. You can quit or you can take control of the situation and you can change your attitude at work. You're not going to be able to change your boss. You're not going to be able to change the fact that your manager is impatient or highly demanding, but you can change yourself. You you know, there are certain things in life that you don't have control of. It's basically what he was telling me. And there are certain things that you do. You can be a quitter or you can find a way to navigate a situation that is otherwise 
you know, bothering you or, or affecting you in some way to make it positive. And so when he told me that I could actually quit, you know, it had never occurred to me that I could quit. That was never an option. And when he told me that, I, I, can, I, I said, absolutely not. Like, I am not quitting. I've worked way too hard to get this job. <laughs> I've worked so long on that PowerPoint presentation. I killed it in that interview. I deserve to be here. Um, but, you know, there was still work for me to, 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 to do and to still prove myself. And so I took the latter of his advice, which was to change my own attitude. So literally the next Monday I went to work. And I decided to be less sensitive to the criticism, you know, to sort of put it in one ear, throw it out the other, understand that there was work to be done, that I had work to prove myself, but that I couldn't take things so personally. You know, that was really the problem, John. I was young, I wasn't experienced, and I was emotional. You know, I hadn't had really a tough skin. I hadn't developed a tough skin. And that's, I think, what I ultimately had to do was to kind of, you know, pick myself up from the ground and, you know, filter essentially what was being communicated to me. That if my boss was yelling at me or being critical, that I would sort of filter out the, the sort of the loudness of the message, but ultimately take in the message that, okay, I need to maybe speed this up or do this differently, but I wouldn't really focus and dwell on the emotional impact. I just, you know, stay rational, do what you got to do, track your progress. And, and I did that. And honestly, it made such a difference within a matter of weeks. I was much happier. I was getting out of work earlier. My boss was happy. I, what, what I also I did was I was anticipating my boss Okay, I've already worked there for three months. I know what she doesn't like. I know what <laughs> annoys her. So I got so I, I forced myself to really reflect on those three months of hell and see, okay, how can I how do, let me understand this person? You know, let me understand what they need better. As opposed to being reactive, I became proactive. And that was huge for me. I mean, I ended up staying in that job for another two, three years, really grew in that role from producer to then on, on camera, got so much more responsibility, was, you know, heralded as one of the youngest employees with the most, you know, responsibility at the station. And, um, you know, I got to the place where I always knew I would be in that job. Um, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of having compassion. It took a lot of, you know, determination to basically change how I think as opposed to, you know, trying to change everyone else around me. And I think, you know, for me, that was a moment of where I could have failed, but I made a conscious choice to take control of the situation um, and not to get emotional, to be really, really sort of, you know, um, careful about how I was interpreting things, do a good job, but ultimately, you know, stay in the role. And I did. And I'm so happy I did it. It led to so much more beyond that job. So Farnish, I'm going to break in here for a second because you're sharing such great inspiration. You're dropping so many golden nuggets here. I want to really wrap it up for Fire Nation in this section so we have time to move on to other ones. Because for me, what I'm getting out of this 
is that you just made a decision, Farnoosh. You decided that you, as an independent individual human being, could wake up in the morning and say, this is how I'm going to respond to reactions. This is the attitude that I'm going to take in life. I'm going to be a positive person. I'm going to have thicker skin. I'm not going to get beaten down and cowbrowed by feedback and by negative feedback at that time that was really just hurting your psyche, your inner soul. And you were able to, in just a short period of time, mere weeks, Farnoosh, move forward from that one psyche to the other that you now were a confident, proud, and inspired worker at this company. So Fire Nation, absorb from that message, from that story that you the listener right now have a decision to make. Wake up tomorrow morning, make a decision of the person that you want to be, of the reactions you want to have in any situation that you encounter and make that decision. And Farnoosh, let's go to the other end of the spectrum now. You just told us a great story about a failure in a sense that was turned at the last moment into a massive success. So now talk to us about an aha moment, Farnoosh, that you had at some point in your journey. Tell us that story of that moment in time that you had that amazing idea and what steps, Farnoosh, did you take to turn that idea into success? So about five years ago, I had an aha moment to go rogue and become an entrepreneur. Take us to that moment, Farnoosh. (laughs) I want to be right there. Sure. Well, I was working full-time at thestreet.com as a financial on-air correspondent for the website and doing a lot of great work. But at the same time, because I always was curious about entrepreneurship and really wanted to have more opportunities in my career, I was doing a lot of projects on the side. And the projects were growing and growing and growing. And these projects included you know, book writing, giving speeches, uh doing um, reality TV as a financial coach. And it was getting to the point where it was really competing with my ability to focus on my full-time job, frankly, which was still, you know, at thestreet.com. And they were very gracious in giving me a lot of allowances to go off, you know, off, off campus to go and do these things. But, you know, I got this moment and I got, I felt this, this um, urge to really just kind of break from, the nine to five and just do the, um, do the freelance stuff full time, be really more of a Farnoosh Inc as I am now, (laughs) but I was afraid to do it. And I think a lot of people can relate. This is a moment, this is sort of a pivot point in a lot of entrepreneurs lives when they're thinking of making that transition. But you know, you're worried about, well, how am I going to pay for health insurance? How am I going to find a way to save for retirement? How am I going to know when the money's going to come in? You know, there isn't this guarantee of a consistent paycheck. It's, it's, it's a pretty daunting and can be very a frightening um, thought of going out on your own. And so the, that was sort of my aha moment that this could potentially be something that I would want to do, seeing that the, the amount of work that I was getting sort of you know, beyond my nine to five was growing and there was a lot of demand and I was feeling like, okay, maybe there's something here. But again, I was scared. So what was the ultimate you know, reason for the transition? What led me to the other side of the bridge? The aha moment did not materialize until what I call my kick in the pants moment, which <laughs> was a year later. And that kick in the pants was getting laid off from that nine to five. Wow. Yeah. Never thought it would happen. Who does? You know, who thinks they're going to lose their job, especially if they're being praised and the company's doing well. But it was the financial recession. It was the big 
the great recession and everybody was, seemed like they were losing their job. And I was not, um, you know, I was no sacred cow and pursuing my work as my own boss then became a thing of survival, you know, and I was fortunate at the time to have an agent that was as excited about this transition for me, not going back to a nine to five. This person was my, you know, my advocate, my co-advocate to pound the pavement, to find me more interesting work that spanned television, print, speaking engagements, corporate work. And so, um, my aha moment didn't really materialize until my kick in the pants moment of getting laid off, realizing that, you know, there's the impetus to become an entrepreneur. It's either sometimes out of a desire and sometimes it's out of a necessity. And for me, it was kind of both, you know, a desire to be an entrepreneur, but also finally doing it because it became a necessity, trying to find another job that paid as much, that had as much, um, with benefits and, um, would have that much flex would, would grant me so much flexibility in pursuing other things on the side was virtually impossible. That job did not exist again. So I had to create it for myself and, um, it was scary. I won't lie. I definitely had weeks of feeling bad for myself. You know, woe is me. I can't believe I lost my job scared. How am I going to really make this work? But fortunately, I had some savings, so I didn't have to just take on any other gig that came through, could use the extra time to really map out my next few steps. And again, as I said, have, you know, a co-advocate, an agent who was helping me kind of piece together the, you know, my new career. Um, And uh, I haven't gone back since, you know, I've been able to maintain this career, uh, entrepreneurially, Farnoosh Inc. is a real thing. It's, you know, that's how the IRS recognizes me. <laughs> and um, I have to say that it was thanks to getting laid off. Sometimes we just need that kick in the pants, Farnoosh, that layoff for you. For somebody, it might be having kids and realizing they're not spending any time with those kids. I actually love calling that the baby effect where they'll do anything to be closer to home and actually see the the actual growth and the maturity of, of their children. And that's something actually, Farnoosh, that you are at the time of this recording about to experience. And by the time this actually goes live to Fire Nation, you will officially be a mother. So Let's talk right now with Fire Nation about one thing that just has you so fired up in your business or personal life today. Well, certainly I'm very fired up about being a mom. (laughs) I mean, that goes without saying. Um, And just, you know, the the mystery of it all is uh, to be (laughs) to be experienced. But um, I feel very supported. I have a great partner, husband, my mother's in town. I feel like, okay, we can, it takes a village. And I certainly feel like I've I've developed my village professionally. You know, I think what's really, really exciting about being in the financial, um, literacy world, uh, educating everybody about money is that I'm seeing a lot more women step up, be curious and take the initiative when it comes to money. And, you know, that's sort of, where my book comes in, my book is, you know, when she makes more 10 rules for breadwinning women. It's about women on the rise as breadwinners in their households and how to make it all sort of fit and work. 
And to see more women asking questions, taking control of their family finances, wanting to earn more money, wanting to start businesses, it's a really exciting time to be doing what I'm doing as a financial strategist, as a woman. I kind of feel more and more like a role model in, in a way to my audience and to be able to help and promote women on the rise. And that is such a wonderful, it's such a wonderful position to be in. Again, it's why I wrote my book. And, and, and I think for why I love this sort of evolution, you know, selfishly is too, because I'm learning a lot as I go along. I feel like I'm really connecting to a community of smart, driven women. And um, we're all supporting each other as we try to, you know, get through the different um, stages of life, parenting, starting a business, getting married, you know, all of those exciting milestones that, of course, ultimately carry price tags. How do you make it all work financially and, and so forth? And so I'm just really excited to see more women um, getting involved, rolling up their sleeves, being interested and feeling empowered about money because I feel like I have a real amazing service to provide in that way. So Farnoosh, we're about to enter the lightning round. But before we do, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Every Monday, I do eight interviews, which makes for a pretty busy day. These are the days when it's most convenient to grab snacks that are quick and easy, but I'm also big into nutrition, and we all know that snacking can sometimes be anything but nutritious. That's why I love NatureBox. NatureBox is a subscription service that offers automated delivery of delicious and nutritious snacks on a monthly basis straight to your front door. They even throw in the shipping for free. Some of my personal NatureBox favorites are the bite-sized cranberry almond bites and the whole wheat figgy bar. I've been searching for a smart snacking option with strict quality standards for a long time, and Fire Nation, I finally found it thanks to NatureBox. Since subscribing, I haven't had to worry about smarter snacking. It's a given. NatureBox has a special offer just for you, Fire Nation. Visit naturebox.com slash fire and receive 50% off your first box. That's naturebox.com slash fire. Imagine waking up every morning knowing you're going to make an impact. Imagine going to bed every night knowing that you made a difference. Imagine living your passion day in and day out starting today. Are you ready to bring your passion to life so that every day and every night are like you're imagining right now? You can with Indiegogo. Just ask the creators of the Nikola Tesla Museum and the film that won this year's Sundance Film Festival. They were both crowdfunded on Indiegogo. Indiegogo is the largest global crowdfunding platform, empowering people around the world to raise funds for any idea. And because there's no application process or waiting period associated with launching a campaign, you can start raising funds immediately. So whatever your passion is, it's time to stop thinking about it and start doing it. Fund what matters to you. Visit fire.indiegogo.com and you'll get a 25% discount on fees. That's fire.indiegogo.com. All right, Farnoosh, we've now reached my favorite part of the show, the lightning rounds, where you get to share incredible resources and mind-blowing answers. Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. What was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Well, I think it was fear of the unknown, You know, not knowing if I was going to have the same stability, the same run of course. And you're not, that's the reality. You're not going to have the same life when you become an entrepreneur. You're going to have a, a volatile life potentially for a while, but ultimately if it's, if you're doing what you're doing, if you're really doing what you are passionate about, that's going to trump any um, 
obstacles along the way, whether you're worried about income coming in in time or securing health insurance. The truth is you will make it all work if this is something that you really, really want. And you have to just trust that. And so I think I just needed to get more mature and more trustworthy of myself to, to make that transition. And I'm happy I ultimately did it when I did it. And you know what? You might still not feel prepared. You just have to do it. And once you get there, uh, I trust that you'll figure it out. What is the best advice, Farnoosh, you've ever received? Always ask for more. When you're negotiating, whether you're asking for more money, more responsibility, um, always know what's on your wish list. And don't be afraid to ask for everything on that list. You're not going to get everything, but you'll get more than what you expected. So always shoot higher than, than you think you should. Farnu, share one of your personal habits that you believe contributes to your success. Gratitude. I never take anything for granted. I know that the world is a crowded place. It's, it's a wonderful place filled with talented people, ambitious people. I'm one of them, but I'm not the only one. And so I need to always be working hard, doing my best, and showing my gratitude because ultimately what's going to differentiate you from somebody else is your ability to be gracious, be thankful. That goes a long way. People will remember you writing a simple thank you note, following up with an email, getting on the phone with somebody, sending someone flowers to say thank you. I think that it can be the hallmark of your business sometimes and what can differentiate you and ultimately make you more successful than the next person. Well, Farnoosh, let me take a second to share my gratitude with you for coming on and sharing your inspiring journey with Fire Nation. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much. I have to do all the thanking. Your show is phenomenal. Thank you. And I'm really honored to be part of, uh, you know, part of the mix of the amazing entrepreneurs that you interview. So Farnoosh, do you have an internet resource like an Evernote that you're just in love with you can share with our listeners? I do. I love Evernote. In fact, I gave away subscriptions to Evernote, free oh, subscriptions cool. uh, for those who uh, pre-ordered my book. And so I'm a big fan. But I would say even simpler than Evernote, um, my husband has recently introduced me to Sunrise, which is this calendar app on my iPhone. I was getting really frustrated with Gmail's calendar, and this is easy. I mean, it, it's beautifully, beautifully executed. Sunrise is what it's called. It's just a way to keep up to date on all of your appointments. I'm never late now, and um, it syncs with so much else that's on your smartphone. Um, really, kind of gives you a more. It's a more personalized calendar, which I really like, and it's free. Uh, so uh, that's something that I'm really into right now. It's so funny you say that you were frustrated with your Google Calendar just today <laughs> before these interviews. I was fiddling with mine on my Android. I'm like, this is so annoying. There has to be a better solution. And I asked Farnoosh and the universe delivered. I just installed <laughs> Sunrise Calendar app on my phone. I can't wait to dive in. Oh, good. Okay. Well, then that's, uh, that's why I'm here. Yes. In Fire Nation, you can find the links to this resource and everything that Farnoosh and I are chatting about in today's episode at eofire.com slash Farnoosh Torabi. Farnoosh, if you could recommend one book for our listeners and When She Makes More will definitely be on the show notes page, what would it be? Predictably Irrational. 
by Dan Ariely. I'm obsessed with the psychology of human nature, what makes us tick, why we decide and do the things that we do. So if you like if you liked Freakonomics, if you're a big fan of behavioral economics or Dan um, Kahneman, who wrote Thinking Fast and Slow, then this book, Predictably Irrational, I think is it has to be on your reading list. It's a uh, it's a really smart and engaging book talking about how you know our how we're hardwired sometimes to make certain decisions and we're irrational human beings whether we like to think we are or not <laughs> and I think it um, understanding that kind of the way the human mind works and the sort of unexpected ways that it can work will help you in your business when you're negotiating or when you're just trying to perhaps find um, support in your own decisions. I think as an entrepreneur, you may feel that you know, you're taking too many risks or your family or friends don't understand why you're doing what you're doing. They think you're crazy. And I think that, you know, obviously, yes, it's, there are a lot of risks and there's a lot of being and thinking and acting outside the box as an entrepreneur. But ultimately, um, there is rationality to it, even though it may seem irrational. And, and I think, you know, if you're just looking for um, some support or just some context for taking risks and all of that, I think Dan Ariely is wonderful at that. And he has a follow-up, of course, to that book called The Upside of Irrationality, which focuses just on sort of the positive outcomes of being a little bit of an outlier. And I think that's... um. It's just great for entrepreneurs and, and for me, you know, as someone who's uh, obsessed with psychology and human thinking, it was it's an excellent read. It's amazing. It was actually the book I read right after Influence by James C. Aldini. And it was like the best one-two punch of books that I've read in a long time. And I'm definitely going to check out that next book. It's called The Upside. The Upside of Irrationality. Dan Ariely came out with that probably a couple of years after his first. And I have interviewed Dan and he's so generous and cool. wonderful. And I think it really comes through in his writing. So for that reason too, it's a great read. Well, Fire Nation, I know that you love audio. So if you haven't already, you can get an amazing audiobook like any of these for free at eofirebook.com. That's eofirebook.com. And Farnoosh, this next question's the last of the lightning round, but it's a doozy. Imagine you woke up tomorrow morning in a brand new world, identical to Earth, but you knew no one. You still have all the experience and knowledge you currently have, your food and shelter taken care of, but all you have is a laptop and $500. What would you do in the next seven days? I would, hands down, invest that money in getting to know people. So it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? I'd use that money and that resource of the internet and the laptop. Hopefully there's internet. <laughs> oh yeah, it's identical to her. Okay. <laughs> I would use it to buy my way into events, parties, conferences. I tried to get on committees. I would volunteer my time at events and try to regain that network that I truly, truly depend on these days. You know, and my network is continually growing and I try to stretch that 500 bucks as far as possible to get back in front of people and um, getting to, you know, just experience the amazing power of knowing people. And um, that's what I would do. And, and in fact, I, and I just did something like that. I signed up for 85 Broads, which is this amazing national network of successful 
ambitious women. Uh, it's led by Sally Krawcheck, who is the uh, who's just a pioneer in the financial world, and it's just a great, great network of women who ultimately all just want to support each other. And what better way to, you know, help and also learn um, than you know for me than to join an organization like that? So that's an example of something that I would do if. God forbid <laughs> something like this happened, but I, I feel confident in knowing that you know my ticket back into my world of my success would be getting connected, reconnected with people. I love that my ticket back to the world of being successful. That's just a great way to put it, Farnoosh. And thank you for being so inspiring, so open and honest with Fire Nation today. And let's end with you giving us just one parting piece of guidance, sharing the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Well, thank you. The best way to connect with me, Farnoosh.tv is my website. You can read about my work. You can send me um, emails, but and also Twitter. I'm big on Twitter, at Farnoosh, very simple. So if you have um, something to say or want to connect in 140 you know, characters or less, Twitter is where it's at. And I would just say to your um, audience's parting advice, you know, be your biggest advocate in life. You know, don't shy from giving yourself the credit that you deserve and being vocal about it. Um, because as I said, again, from the very beginning, you know, um, no one cares more about your success than you. No one cares more about your, um, your growth, frankly, than you. So take that and, uh, and run with it and, and be your biggest advocate. Well, Farnoosh, Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything that we've been talking about, your book recommendations, your resource, that great calendar app, Fire Nation Sunrise, and just everything in connection with you at eofire.com. Just type Farnoosh, F-A-R-N-O-O-S-H, in the search bar, and her show notes page will pop right up. And Farnoosh, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, and experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, John. Fire Nation, if you're looking to grow your audience, a live webinar is where it's at. Join me for our free live webinar where we share how you can create and present a webinar that converts. Just visit webinaronfire.com to grab your spot today. Thank you so much for joining us today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head on over to eofire.com for full recaps of every show, our amazing blog articles and resources, and just plain fun. Your entrepreneurial journey awaits, so prepare to ignite. 